Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week, we're going to be talking about a Netflix original movie called Purple Hearts, starring Sophia Carlson and Nicholas Galitzin. Galitzin. Okay, here you go again, mispronouncing the guy's name because you want him to at you on Twitter. Galitzin. I love talking about Twitter as though I'm on Twitter. I've never been on Twitter my whole life. We have a Twitter. Oh, yeah. But I have, I, I don't know how to work Twitter. Somebody could literally be canceling us on Twitter right now and we would never know. <laughs> I know. Literally, we could be canceled. We have no idea. Um, okay, so Courtney suggested this movie a while back, actually. I think when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Courtney wanted to do it. I specifically didn't want to because I didn't even watch the whole trailer when you sent it to me. I I got like a like a minute in and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. It's about a Marine and an engagement. And I don't know, there's like war imagery. Like I realized that I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to feel feelings. See, I when I first suggested this, I thought it was hitting too close to home for Rose because like female Latina marrying white Marine. Mm hmm. And I was like, oh, like, maybe this is going to hit too close to home for her. And she's like, I felt nothing. (laughs) Do you know what's funny (laughs) is that the biracial relationship didn't even occur to me. Mm -hmm. That part of the movie didn't, like, register with me. But um, let's get into the premise because there are a lot of parallels. Yeah. So you have um, Cassie, who is our female lead, played by Sophia Carlson. She's actually working her waitressing slash musician slash bartending job. It's all the same place. Mm -hmm. Sophia Carlson, she's actually a Disney star. She was like on a Disney show. She's an actress. She's a singer. Mm -hmm. She is not only beautiful, she has this energy to her. She does. She, in this movie, she has such like a boisterous personality but also it's like really gruff personality you would kind of expect her to be covered in tattoos basically it's like yes. the vibe that she gives but she's not she has this band called the loyal and everybody that works at the bar also gets to perform two songs at the bar they do their song and this big group of soldiers comes in oh Courtney, sorry Courtney. marines marines i'm sorry i realized i made the mistake as soon as i made it courtney courtney <laughs> courtney but yeah cassie's bar is outside of a marine base in north san diego county it's called camp pendleton mm-hmm. and naturally marines come in yeah and this big group of marines comes in after the show Cassie knows one of them. His name is Frankie. She used to babysit him when he was little. Cassie used to babysit little Marine Frankie when he was a baby. Cassie is not a fan of the Marines, and you could tell right away why. It's because they're a little obnoxious. And um, listen, when I met my husband, he was already, he was a sergeant. He was 23. So he wasn't like this brand of douchebag. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if very young Marines, like 18, 19 years old, if they are mm-hmm. just this obnoxious. Yeah, they're shipping out in a couple days. It's their last day on leave. So, you know, like they're not there to drink, you know, Diet Coke. Like they're <laughs> they are there to like show back up at to the barracks drunk, like hungover as fuck. 
Yeah. And to be fair, of the, I don't know, it's like five or six Marines there. It's only one of them that's really it's, yeah, obnoxious. It, it is only that one that's a douche. One of the guys, I guess, like jokingly tells Cassie's friend, like, hey, you know, if you marry me, you get free health care. Yeah, which true. And they, Cassie and her friend joke, like, wow, that's dirty talk. Yeah. They're obviously flirting with Cassie. She's not having it. She walks away. And this one guy, he says, so we're good enough to fight for your ass, but we're not good enough to touch it. Cringe, cringe. Cassie obviously does not like that. She walks off. She's like, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm not serving you guys. Mm-hmm. One of the guys, his name is Luke. He's like, oh, I'll um, I'll go make nice with her. He seems to be like the most responsible one. He's the DD that night, I guess. Um, yeah, Because he orders a Coke. Yeah, he seems to be the least asshole-ish. Mm-hmm. But the bar is on the ground. <laughs> yeah, the bar is on the ground. Can we say, though, because uh, he is... He's hot. I don't know, something about that bar lighting, it just does something. It makes it takes a seven to a nine and a half, you know, the bar lighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm not one of those girls that's like he's a four, but he's a marine. But no, Lucas Luke is hot. He is hot. He's tall and buff in that jawline and girl, he's mm. he's got that eyebrow scar. Listen, yeah, a lot of guys fake the eyebrow scar, but there's something about the eyebrow scar that says, like, I'm tough and I got into it. I can mm-hmm. fight, but I also know when not to get my nose broken and my face disfigured. And there's something really hot about that. Well, it's really there's something really hot about that until they tell you the story about how they got their eyebrow scar. <laughs> because I have an eyebrow scar uh, from running into a door. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want you to take that story about your eyebrow scar and I want you to bury it in this episode and I need you to come up with something else, okay? Because an eyebrow scar should not come from walking into a door. I got it from getting in a fight with my dad's sister when I was eight. Well, bitch, you have a goddamn nose ring, okay? Have some self-respect, okay? You can't be walking into doors. Like, carry yourself like the like the badass bitch I'm you are. I'm sorry. I'll do better. I apologize. <laughs> But as Rose was saying, Luke is hot and he actually goes to apologize to Cassie. He's like, I'm really sorry about him. Like, he doesn't mean it. You know, he's actually pretty, a pretty decent guy. She was like, "Um, getting ready to ship out for war does not entitle you to casual misogyny. Right. And he even says, we're just here blowing off some steam. Right. Mm, Do it somewhere else. Do it somewhere else. Courtney, the chemistry between them. Mm. They have the most intense chemistry I think I've seen in any of the movies we've watched. It's hate fuck chemistry. It is so good. It's so good. I want to roll around in it. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Define it. <laughs> the chemistry. Attention. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> what do you what do you, what did you know. mean? What do you want know. to roll around in? I don't know. Next question. Anyways. <laughs> Once Cassie kind of shows that she's not interested, she grabs her purse and goes on break. And this is where we find out that Cassie is a diabetic. It looks like she gets very weak and she needs her medicine and she's running out. She's very, very low. Yeah, Cassie's insulin, her reserve vial has drops left in it. And, you know, it cuts to her at the pharmacy 
and her insurance uh, will pay for it, but not for another four days. It's ridiculous because she needs this medicine. And because mm-hmm. she ran out four days too soon, she has to pay out of pocket if she wants her medicine, which would be $500. Yeah, it would be $500. And she just doesn't have it. And see, the the pharmacist or the pharmacy tech that's checking her out at the pharmacy is kind of a bitch. Do you think she's a bitch or do you think that she just is doing her job and there's nothing she can do? Like, how many times a day do you think this woman sees people who, you know, like, want her to do something she can't do? They want their medicine. They can't pay for it. Their insurance won't pay for it. Like, she doesn't run a charity. She can't just give people their medicine. Well, no, I agree with that. And she probably does see this a lot. I just think her demeanor, when somebody is obviously very upset about Mm -hmm. Their health. She's not even like apologetic. Like, I'm really sorry. You know, right. I can't help you. She doesn't even do any of that. She's like, mm. next. And so Cassie leaves without her insulin. And she just kind of tries to stick it out for the next four days until she can get her refill. I feel like she's probably taking less than she's supposed to to kind of make it mm-hmm. last. And she has yeah. a really bad incident at work where she almost passes out. She is in the middle of doing a show with her band at the bar and she starts getting really dizzy and she like stumbles off stage and grabs her bag and goes to the bathroom. And I guess she uses the last little bit of insulin she has. Yeah. You know, because she's getting ready to pass out. And this is kind of a low for Cassie because she's not, dude, she's doing the best she can, dude. She's like working Mm -hmm. all these jobs. She's trying to make ends meet. But she has this this illness that costs a lot mm-hmm. of money out of pocket for her to maintain. And yeah. she's missing out on her rent. She's not able to pay for her rent and her medical insurance, you know, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Her mom, like, scolds her about it. But it's like she's doing the best she can. Like you said, this is a this is a low for Cassie because she's been trying so hard to keep it together and she just, it, it's not working out for her. And here she is now on the floor of a bathroom and sees this sticker on the mirror. It's a Marine Corps sticker. And she uh-huh. remembers, you know, the whole joke about like, marry me, you'll get really good health insurance. And I think uh-huh. in her head, she's just like, red white and blue motherfuckers like these stripes don't lie like america you know like she suddenly like so gung-ho for the military yeah and so she goes to her friend frankie remember the little boy she used to babysit who's a mm-hmm. marine now she goes to his house but to her surprise uh luke is there Mm-hmm. Eyebrow scar, scrumpalicious, mm-hmm. scrumpalicious Luke. She's surprised to see Luke there, but she essentially dismisses him. Cassie pitches the idea to Frankie like, hey, we should get married because I need health insurance. And, you, you know, mm-hmm. we, there's also extra money involved when you have a dependent. And mm-hmm. she's like, we can split that. And Frankie's like, ah, I wish I could help you. Then Frankie's like, hey, man, I'm getting ready to ask my girlfriend to marry me. Yeah. You know, I just I don't think I just can't. And, you know, Cassie's really understanding. She takes it pretty gracefully. And then Luke is just on the other side of a glass fucking window Mm -hmm. eavesdropping. Yeah, like very obviously eavesdropping. Like he's not even trying to hide it. And he storms in and he was like, 
I can't sit here and let you do this. My dad was an MP. Um, okay, snitch. You gonna tell your daddy on me? Snitches get stitches, Luke. Is that what happened in your eyebrows? Were you snitching on yeah, someone? Probably. <laughs> it's funny because my dad was an MP. Mm-hmm. I honestly, like, if I needed help hiding a body, like I am one hundred percent certain my dad would not snitch on me. There are two types of military MPs. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I swear to God, I do not think my dad was. Like, first of all, my dad's retired. My dad has been retired. MPs scare me. Like MPs scare me. Military police is scarier to me than like the civilian police. My my dad was really scary, and like I've seen him like lay into grown ass men that were like two feet taller than he was. <laughs> And they're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, I swear to God, this one dude was crying. Oh, my God. Me and my dad's sailors have that in common. (laughs) Uh, We cry when he yells at us. (laughs) (laughs) So Luke goes out for a run. While he's out for this run, this pickup Mm -hmm. truck, just like chasing him down, like trying to run over him. It turns a little bit into an action movie for a second. We get like the tunnel shot and this pickup truck whizzes around, cuts him off. Luke climbs and hops like an eight foot fence in, you know, 10 seconds. I couldn't climb that fence in 10 minutes, but okay. (laughs) Um, This guy named Jonathan gets out of the car um and at first i think they're friends yeah it does you kind of get this vibe of like hey what's going on like hey did you like that prank of me almost killing you friends right yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the guy was like yeah he's like what happened to you you know i heard you joined the marines and i was like that dude ain't never gonna pass a piss test very quickly, we realize that Luke is not the squared away Marine that he appears to be because this guy that almost ran him over, he very obviously runs in shady circles. Like he, he straight up yeah. looks like a drug dealer and he is. <laughs> yeah, he, shady dude, was Luke's drug dealer. I guess kind of what happened with Luke was that he was doing a lot of drugs and then he went to rehab and joined the Marines. You know, it used to be that to join the military, you could not have ever done drugs. Really? That was a question back in the day. They would be like, have you ever done drugs? And if you said yes, you would be disqualified. And they had to loosen up the requirements. They're like, okay, but was it crack? Like, were you, (laughs) was it crack? No. Okay, you're good. You're good. You're like, oh, no, it was crack all day, every day. I just woke up and ate a bowl of crack for breakfast. And they're like, you know what? But do you still eat a bowl of crack for breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) Like, was it just one bowl? Okay, yeah, you're you're fine. You're fine. Can you pinky promise that you won't eat bowls of crack anymore? <laughs> These recruiters are desperate. Oh my god. Your country needs you to not have a bowl of crack in the morning anymore. And they're like, no, I can't promise that. And they're like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, so he's clean now, but this guy's coming up to him because he's like, hey, we have some unfinished business. The guy says, you owe mm-hmm. me 15 grand, Luke. And he's like, I know where yeah. your family is. I'm like, wait a minute, 15 grand? What, did he put him through community college? Like, how do you owe someone 15 grand? Like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, they explain it later in the movie, how he owes him 15 grand. Yeah, we uh, we find out later. It's really not that exciting, so don't don't get excited. Yeah. And so the guy's like, you know, Lukey, 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 I know where your family is. 
So don't wait too long to pay me my money. Mm -hmm. So right after this dude leaves, Luke continues on his run and he actually goes to his um, family's auto body garage where his his dad owns it and then his brother and sister both work there. Yeah, it's very obvious he went at a time he knew his dad wasn't going to be there. So Luke Mm -hmm. does not have a good relationship with his dad. He's avoiding his dad. Luke tells his brother, Jake... That he's getting ready to ship out. You know, he's getting ready to deploy. And then he also tells his brother to kind of watch out because he's like, I owe people money. You know, he confides in his brother that he essentially has a drug dealer after him for money. I can't imagine owing someone like $25, let alone 15 grand. Like, Jesus right. Christ. I mean, I do owe someone 15 grand. It's mm-hmm. Department of Education. So, but that's different. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're, they're not trying to break my kneecaps to get their money back. You know what I mean? Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Could you just imagine Sally Mae showing up like, bitch, you come into home and they're just petting your dog. You're like, it would be a shame if anything happened to Luna. Well, you know what's crazy? It's the fact that your loans can be sold, right? Like the, there's a market uh-huh. for selling loans. Can you imagine if like they just start selling student loans to the mafia and then the mafia is <laughs> just like, you owe me $30,000. <laughs> and you're like, but... I have 10 years to pay them back. And they're like, bitch, terms have changed. We faxed you the information. We're the mafia. We're still like, we don't we don't do email yet. Yeah, we they the mafia is just not cut out to do student loans like that. You know, <laughs> the system is not great. You know, like you lock in to try to pay the mafia. and It's just like you get like one of those messages like website not available like seriously you just like show up and there's like a horse head in your bed like i i thought i did auto payment or like you do auto payment to pay the mafia for your student loans but they take out like more they take out like your entire they drain your bank account man that's a nightmare i'm so glad i don't owe the. i'm so glad i don't owe the mafia my student loans or if they start selling like bookies, your student loans, they're like, yeah, it's 60% interest. You're like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, what if we just gave the government an idea? Uh, I mean, I don't give a shit. Do it. Because you don't have you don't have any student loans? Not anymore. They're paid off. Oh, great. So throw the rest of us under the bus. You know what? You'll just have to take a brother husband who's one of the mafia leaders. So I'm down for that. Only if he has like a Boston accent, you know, and he's like, get him a call. Yes, Mafia Daddy. We're going to the highway. I don't know how to do a Boston accent. Luke has another encounter with his drug dealer, Bookie, dude. And the drug dealer pulls a gun on Luke. Yeah, he's really like, hey, I don't want to have to kill you and your family Uh and everyone, you know. But, you know. I will. I definitely will. And so Luke just goes, oh, no, no, no. I, I came to tell you that I can get you your money. Um, I'm going to marry this girl and I'm going to be able to get you like two grand every yeah. month or some shit like that. Plus, like, I don't have any bills. Yeah. He says like he'll give him essentially his whole paycheck basically to pay off this loan. So then Luke has to call Cassie and he meets up with her and he's like, OK, so like, let's get married. Let's do this thing uh, again. Their chemistry is through the roof. Uh, mm-hmm. However, it's like a, it's like you said, it's a hate fuck relationship because 
you know, he calls mm-hmm. her a lib. Like, so it's he doesn't specifically say this, but it's very much implied that he's like this hardcore conservative and that he looks down on her for being a mm-hmm. liberal. Yeah. And she looks down on him for general misogyny. And yeah, they're obviously not besties, you know, like they are they don't have anything in common. <laughs> They don't. They are. The Venn diagram of things that they have in common um, is two circles. It's two circles on opposite sides of the universe. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, Luke tells her, like, look, if we're going to do this, we have to make up a story. We have to make it realistic because this what we're about to do is very illegal. Yeah. um, He's like, we're defrauding the U.S. government. I just need you to know that. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. She's like, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. The U.S. government yeah. defrauds me all the time. So, <laughs> And so he's like, listen, here's what we're going to have to do. He's like, we're going to have to write each other letters. We're going to have to act like we're in love. Video chat. You know, we're going to have to make it look like it was a whirlwind romance and that we fell in love and that, you know, it was just a really quick thing. Mm-hmm. Luke shows up the day of their wedding, which is like the next day. Um, <laughs> might even Luke, be the same day, actually, because he's might leaving be. soon. Luke shows up to pick her up. He's in full dress uniform, by the way. He's wearing his Marine Corps dress blues, which mm-hmm. are, I won't even say Ooh. arguably, they are 100% mm-hmm. the sexiest uniform They knew what they were doing when they designed that uniform. They call them panty droppers, by the way. Because they are. Because that is what they do. (laughs) Listen, okay, I have a pretty strict no military men policy, okay? If I was single and a dude in the Marine dress uniform comes up to me and looks in my direction, it's it's over. My morals have gone out the window. (laughs) Okay, Courtney, do you know what's so confusing is going to like an event where all the Marines are wearing their dress uniforms and like their hats. You cannot tell them apart. And like (laughs) I would lose my husband in crowds. I'd be like, oh, my God, where is he? Like, which one is he? I'm not even kidding. It would take me like a solid five minutes to find him. You just go. You just like pull up next to like the wrong white boy. You just have to fall back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Go to the next one. Yeah. But yeah, like. No, I can see that. They they all have the same haircut, you know? Yeah. It's what you just need to, like, mark your husband's neck from now on. <laughs> like they do with twin babies in the hospital. You just have to, like, mark your husband's neck. So you just yeah. have to, like, look for, like, the smiley face on the back of his neck. Um, But, yeah, so he shows up and she comes out in a tank top and shorts. Yeah. He's like, nope, you need to go change. You got to wear, you know, you got to look like a bride, you know? He makes her go upstairs and she's like, there's no fluffy white wedding dress in here. Um, and so she she gets this like really cute, like lacy. It's a maxi dress. Yeah, it's a white maxi dress. Um, So they go to the courthouse and you have Frankie is their only witness and he's like videotaping it. He's acting like he's at like spring break in Panama City Beach. Yeah. Um, and both Luke and Cassie are just like, oh, OK, they're trying to, you know, play the role, but they're obviously very awkward. They literally just met the officiator asks, do you have rings? And Luke does have rings. He he does have rings, um, and one of the rings is actually the ring that Frankie, her friend, bought to give to his girlfriend, but he said he didn't want to propose and then dip to deployment. Frankie gives 
Cassie the ring that he meant to give his girlfriend. And he says, keep it warm for me. And I don't know, dude, like if my boyfriend gave the ring he wanted to propose with to another chick mm-hmm. to keep warm, I don't mm-hmm. want it. <laughs> I don't want yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want anything. No, thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> Listen, you couldn't have stopped and got, uh, you know, an $8 fake ring from Walmart. Hmm. Yeah, it's not a real marriage. You don't need a real ring. So after they get married, they go to have that like a going away dinner with Mm -hmm. other Marines. Yeah. And she gets into it with the same douchebag. Yeah. Who was getting on her nerves the first time she met Luke. Mm -hmm. I hate people like this. You know, they're they're called edgelords. Edgelords? Mm. Is that how you say it? I don't know. You've never heard of edgelords? No. So it's essentially people who go out of their way to mm-hmm. offend people and then pretend that they are superior because someone is offended. So this guy, for example, he's at this restaurant and he very loudly says something like I can't wait to go kill some Arabs and he says it like really loud. Cassie is clearly not happy with what he said and so he sees her make a reaction so he's like oh what? And she's like well I'm just confused because Arab is an ethnicity you know you can't just really generally classify people you're saying you're going to kill everybody in an ethnicity. That's that's called genocide, my dude. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, oh, so what would be better that I say? And she's like, I, I don't know. Terrorists? Like what? Yeah. Then Luke just goes, stop it. Both of you. You know, he's getting mm-hmm. upset. And then he looks at Cassie and goes, sit down <gasps> now. Mm. And you could tell she wants to argue. Um, with him but instead she sits down and then he storms out and so you know she's like I better go check on my husband right they get into an argument outside of the restaurant and Mm -hmm. they feel that people are looking at them and so Luke is like you know we have to we have to keep up appearances and so they end up they have to hug and kind of whisper argue in each other's ears and i'm gonna tell you right now when i'm upset the last thing i want is anyone touching me Mm -hmm. my skin was crawling watching this like imagine being so mad and then you have to hug the person you're mad at i'm gonna push you off this damn pier i'm gonna drown you (laughs) allegedly (laughs) but also like they don't even look convincing yeah luke and cassie you know quote make up and then they all go to the motel. It's called like the Seahorse Inn. Ew, Courtney, this motel is so gross. Yeah, like why are you staying here? It just, it's like dimly lit. It just makes me itchy looking at it because any place, and this is a lot of places, any place that doesn't have white bedding, I don't want it because mm-hmm. I want the bedding just doused in Clorox after every use, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Luke and Cassie kind of get in another fight. Surprise, surprise. She had said something. She's like, oh, yeah, can't you just admit that you're afraid? Surprisingly, he does. He says, I am scared, you know, between like this marriage and deployment. Like, I am scared. And girl, the vulnerability just melts her to a puddle. Uh-huh. And same same but then he is wearing the panty droppers and she drops them panties well she does what she posed to do she dropped them panties like she posed to but yeah (laughs) 
she tells him that he is really brave for admitting that he's scared. Mm-hmm. And I love that because like, yeah, it is very brave to admit that you're scared when you're supposed to be this tough guy. Yeah, like men have feelings too. Allegedly. The chemistry bubbles over and yeah, they kiss. You know, it escalated very quickly to them bumping mm-hmm. uglies. He is laying siege to her womb lands. <laughs> is it too soon for womb lands? It's not too soon. So it's the day of deployment. It's Mm -hmm. deployment day. It's deployment day and they show up and deployment days are always pretty emotional. I thought this scene would scratch at my soul a little bit and my feels, but it kind of didn't. Really? Yeah, that didn't. It did nothing for me. I don't know. You know why? I think because it didn't have the right music because music to me is what opens the gates to my feelings. That's why in that one movie, I was like, oh, they were playing Ed Sheeran and I didn't like it because it was making me feel things. So if they were playing some like sappy music in the background. But it has to be the right sappy music, you know? I don't know what that says about my psychology, but I do feel, but I need music. Music is the key to my feelings. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, she just needs music playing in the background for all life events. I need the right bop, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to wear one earbud constantly so nobody knows this about you. (laughs) Um... Anyways, you know, it's a very emotional time for a lot of people. You know, children are crying. Wives are crying. To set the scene, we are at a parking lot on base with a bunch Mm -hmm. of buses that are going to take these Marines off to war. Now, Mm -hmm. they are not driving the bus to Iraq, right? They are driving Mm -hmm. the bus to the airport. Therefore, I don't understand why they all have automatic rifles strapped to their backs. Like, my boys, you're going to an airport. (laughs) Well, maybe they're just going to shove them in cargo planes. (laughs) I want to say that the rifles are usually checked in to like an armory. I don't think they ride the bus to the airport with a rifle on their backs. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you don't. Um, Especially because a lot of them are like holding their rifles. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to, are you intimidated? Are you trying to scare your wife? Are there rifles so American Airlines doesn't overbook and kick you off their flight? (laughs) Uh, Before Luke leaves, he tells Cassie, listen, remember, we need to write emails. We need to uh, FaceTime. He also gives her a piece of paper with his brother's information because Mm -hmm. he says, if something happens to me, you're my next of kin. So they're going to contact you. Um, Well, he's like, listen, here's my brother's name and phone number. You know, you can tell him the truth, but you guys are going to have to make up a story for my dad. Yeah, he's like, my dad will rat us out. Like, you can't tell my dad that. My dad is a snitch. <laughs> Straight up snitch. <laughs> they are, you know, they're trying to fake this whole loving marriage thing. And they're doing video chats and they're writing each other these cute little like love note emails or whatever. Like my darling husband, my dearest wife. They are fake connecting. But the thing is, you can't fake connect, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're writing someone a letter about your life and they're reading it and then they're responding with a letter about their life, Mm -hmm. like you are connecting, you're bonding. Um, And that's exactly what they're doing. They're getting to know each other sort of backwards. When they're doing their video chats, it's really awkward because there's like eight other people Mm -hmm. in this tiny closet of a room Mm -hmm. doing video chats 
she had mentions, you know, to him once that she's writing a song and he's like, oh, play it for us. And she's like, oh, it's not done yet. Like maybe like in a week when it's done, you know. I think she got really nervous when they asked her to perform it. Yeah. And then, you know, she's going about her life. She ends up getting a Dexcom, which is like a automatic insulin pump um, mm. that checks her blood sugar automatically throughout the day. And it just it makes her life so much easier. Yeah. So she's already kind of reaping the benefits of this yeah. like arrangement. And then Luke is making payments to the guy that he owes money to. He should get out of this debt pretty fast if he's giving his entire paychecks to this guy. You know, he is making significantly more than he was making, mm-hmm. you know, before. Yeah. Um, but he's also in a war zone and, you know, so fair. Could die. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope this money makes up for it. Um, yeah. But, you know, a week comes and goes and they're video chatting again and she has already prepared she has her keyboard there she has her laptop set up and they're like play there we've had a really shitty day you know the marines tell her they've had a shitty day and she's like i have the song for you guys and she dedicates it to them and she sings it and it's a touching moment. It is. I did feel a little scratch in my heart a little bit, and my heart damn. <laughs> because music? Yeah, because it's, they basically, when Luke video chats her this time, you could see the morale is down. They're all down, mm-hmm. and they say, like, they nearly lost a guy. And she plays this song, and the hook of the song is like, I hope you come back home. And there's something about that phrase of, like, come back home. Mm-hmm. That little bit, like a little bit of feeling. A little bit. There. A little bit. Yeah. Then Luke's like, that's my wife. It's my yeah. wife, guys. Yeah. You know, it's kind of after this that you can really see Luke and Cassie start to like like each other. Yeah, they're bonding more and more, you know, doing the video chats and they're really connecting. And Cassie, I think because now she's not as stressed, she can really focus mm-hmm. on her music and she's performing her own music. She actually gets a huge gig to play at a music festival in Oceanside, California. She's super excited about it. You know, she tells him about it and he's like, oh, so are you saying I'm your muse? And she's like, yes, shut up. <laughs> so the song that Cassie wrote that was like inspired by Luke's deployment, like that song starts going kind of viral and she starts getting opportunities for her music. Yeah, they get noticed by a record label and they get this big opportunity to play in this local music festival that is like a pretty big deal. So, yeah, so her music career is kind of taking off and we see a montage, but it's not like the fun kind of montage that we like Mm -hmm. because she's singing the song about him coming home and then it cuts to him patrolling outside of the base in Iraq. And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. I knew something bad was going to happen. Oh, yeah. You you know, you know. Like they were setting it up and I'm just like, oh, God, somebody somebody's going to die. Yeah. They set it up good because something does happen right after Cassie's festival performance with her band. Someone's like, hey, Cassie, your phone is going off a lot. And Cassie was like, oh, it's probably Luke. So she gets up and she's like, Germany. Whoever is in Germany calling her 
is calling her over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just leaving a message to call back. They need to get a hold of her. Right. And so she answers the phone and it is... It was a captain. Okay. The commander of the 1st Battalion, 1st Marines. Letting her know that while Luke was on patrol, um, there was an... I was it IED or IUD? IED and IUD is like the pregnancy thing. I know, but I thought it was like I thought they were the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, Courtney, they put IEDs in your uterus to blow up the sperm before it gets. gets, (laughs) They just shoot the sperm from the cervix. Pew 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 pew. pew. (laughs) And women and women are like, this is fine. This is what I want. This is totally fine. I can either quit having sex <laughs> or deal with this. I'll deal with this. I'll have IEDs going off in my uterus. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Luke was involved in an IED incident to the point where he was being sent home to recover. Yeah. So he is currently in Germany, but he's going to be sent home. So now Cassie has this extremely stressful responsibility Mm -hmm. of being the one to inform Luke's family. She goes home and she starts looking for the paper with his brother's name and phone number and stuff on it. You know, she's digging everywhere for this. She can't find it. Cassie is me. Like whenever I have a really important paper, I tell myself I have to put this somewhere very special because it's very important. And then when the time comes mm-hmm. to find it, I'm like, fuck, where's that place that's really important and special? <laughs> because I don't know. You know what would really help you? What? Binder. I'm sorry. Hi. Um, we interrupt this episode to talk about Courtney's binder. I, we're not going to talk about my binder. I'm just stating that a binder would really help you because okay. the special place is the binder. Is that that's your whole sales pitch for the binder? Yeah. You've heard it before. <laughs> you know. If you're new to this podcast, then you might not be aware, but Courtney has a binder and she her eyes are currently flicking off screen. And I know she's looking at that binder, which is very I am looking likely. at that binder. It's very likely within arm's reach. And that binder contains all the pertinent information that she needs should a zombie apocalypse takes over. Literally, that binder has information. It's like a survival, a survival instruction manual, basically, for your life. Don't judge me for not being a psycho. <laughs> um, listen, maybe if Cassie was a psycho, she wouldn't have fucked up her only fucking job I as know. his wife. I know she had one job. It was to notify his family. Uh-huh. If Cassie can't find the piece of paper with Luke's brother's number, but she does remember his name. So she Googles the name. Yeah, she Googles the name and she finds an address and this girl, like a bat out of hell, she's still wearing last night's clothes. Mm-hmm. Just like pulls up in front of this house, gets out, and she knocks on the door. And uh, to her surprise, Luke's brother does not answer, but his dad does. Now, remember, Luke told her, my dad cannot know about our arrangement because yeah, Luke's dad, my dad's a snitch. His dad is a straight, he's a narc. He would sell out his own son, apparently, according to yeah. Luke. So... Uh, Luke was like, you cannot tell my dad. And now she's face to face with the dad and she has to tell him like your son is injured. As soon as she says Luke's name, her dad's like, what? What did Luke do? Does he owe you money? Like what? 
Yeah, it's and we kind of knew that Luke didn't have a good relationship with his dad, but Jesus Christ, his dad shows no grace. He's he's immediately like no benefit of the doubt. Well, it, like. She could have been there to tell him, like, Luke got the job and or something, you know, like she could have been there with good news. And he's like, what, did he kill someone this time? Like, what do you do? I mean, really, what good news is a strange girl driving a beat up station wagon going to give you about your son who has problems? The IED in my uterus didn't work. <laughs> Do you want to be called grandpa or pop pop? <laughs> and the dad was just like, he, he was giving her like, you know, the military police face, like, what is going on? And she folds like a wet paper bag. Yeah. And it kind of pans to them all being in the hospital room. Cassie, Luke's dad, Luke's brother, Luke's sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. They're all in the hospital room when Luke is just like brought in. He, You could tell he's a little scared when he sees his dad because he's just like, oh, my God, he's not supposed to know. Mm-hmm. And Cassie is aware that she is supposed to be pretending to be his wife. So she has to go up to him and kiss him. And it's all really awkward. Which can be explained away as like, I don't like PDA. I don't right. know you. And, and like young couples are always like kind of awkward. So it checks out. I thought he was going to come back with like his legs gone. But um, it looks like Luke suffered mostly, like, um, shrapnel injuries and burns. Yeah. But, dude, the first question, so the doctor's there, and Cassie immediately looks up to the doctor, and she asks, will he be able to run again? That's the first question she asks the doctor, and I don't know why, but that rubs me the wrong way. It felt so insensitive. Can he keep running from his problems, Doc? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, doctor, but can he still keep running from his problems? Because if he doesn't, Doc, he's going to go back to a bull crack a day. Like, we need need him running. (laughs) Yeah. The doctor says, let's focus on walking. Like, let's take one step at a time. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know what the answer is. And this person is in a sensitive state. Like, you shouldn't be asking those questions because it could devastate them, you know? Yeah, like, you don't. You don't know what frame of mind Luke is in right now. She asks because she knows that running is very important to Luke. Like you said, it's how he runs from his problems. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to him. I get it. But she didn't have to ask right in front of him. And then, like, right before they all walk out of the room, the dad tells Mm -hmm. Luke, your mom would be really heartbroken to see you like this. Your dead mom. First of all, it sounded like an accusation. Like, how dare you get injured? Your mom, you know, the one who died, who, you know, she would be sad if she could be sad, but she can't be sad because she's dead. Like, what like, what the fuck? Like, what? Is this supposed to be a pep talk? No, it's not. <laughs> and nobody asked Luke, like, how are you feeling, buddy? Or like, hey, it's good to see you alive. Oh, my God. Literally no one. Luke basically tells Cassie, like, listen, uh, we have to stick this out a little longer. I know I said we would get divorced when I got back, but we can't. Like, my dad is going to be all over this. We have to fake it. I'm going to yeah. have to move in with you, like, the whole thing. Well, and you know what? Like, even if they didn't have to fake it, how fucking bad would it look right now if they got divorced right. when he came back with a bum leg? I mean, Cassie is just like, oh, my God. She's like, I don't know if, if Frankie, you know, her Marine friend, I don't know if Frankie's going to laugh or cry about this. Luke's like, oh, shit. Nobody told you. Mm. Um, because in the same incident that injured Luke's legs, um, Frankie was there and Frankie didn't make it. This really messes her up. I mean, 
she has to leave. Like she runs out of the hospital room crying because she's known Frankie since he was little. And yeah, this is why I'm going to tell you right now why movies don't make me emotional. I can see the manipulation, like the writer manipulation from a mile away. Mm-hmm. I knew Frankie was going to die. Do you know how you know when a side character is going to die? You like them? They give them a love interest. No, number one, if they give someone that's going off to war, like a, a side character, a love interest, mm-hmm. they're dying. They're they're immediately dying. If they give a side character who's like not important to the plot a very like tender moment, they're dying. They're dying, yeah. So when Frankie did that cute little speech about the ring, about how he wanted to marry his girlfriend, I was like, oh, Frankie, baby, you're not marrying your girlfriend. <laughs> You better go to the you better go to the courthouse now because that ain't happening later. Let her at least get those widow's benefits. Fuck. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I knew Frankie was gonna die. So I think, in my defense, I think that is why you know movies kind of don't really make me emotional. It's a little you know, it's a little predictable for me as a writer. Yeah. And I hate how being a writer has made me look at things differently. Um, I I just want to enjoy my trash without thinking about it, okay? Like, fuck. I know, I know. It really, like, I can see the structure of a story, and so I know where we're at at different stories, and you know yes. what's coming next, you know what I mean? When I'm watching, like, movies and stuff, I'll literally pause to see, like, how far through the movie we are, and I'm like, oh, something bad's about to happen, all right... Um, so we get a military funeral scene, um, for Frankie and Cassie sees Frankie's girlfriend there at the funeral, obviously. And Cassie Mm -hmm. gives the girlfriend the ring, right? That she's been wearing because Mm -hmm. it was meant for the girlfriend. Cassie tells the girlfriend, you know, he wanted to propose to you. He wanted to spend the rest of his life with you. Um, you know, he would want you to have this. That was such an emotional moment. Her giving the girlfriend a ring and the girlfriend breaks mm-hmm. down crying. The more emotional things get, the less I feel. Like, it's it's my defense mechanism. Like, the gates come down. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. You just Nick Miller panic moonwalk away. Yes, yes, yes. A hundred percent. You're like, oh, people are crying. Dude. People are crying. This is getting emotional. I'm going to panic moonwalk out of this. So Luke has physical therapy. He has to do twice a week. And the dad, by Mm -hmm. the way, it's really cool. Like the dad is there for him. The dad is like, I'm going to take you to physical therapy, you know, twice a week. I'll be there for you. Uh Uh-huh. Which honestly, Cassie and Luke kind of need the dad and the brother because Cassie, where... Luke just moved into lives on a third floor walk up apartment. Yeah. Like, what is she going to do? Like, is she just going to grab his arms and drag him down the stairs and up the stairs? She doesn't have the upper body strength for that. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, no, she can't do it on her own. So obviously the dad is helping. Mm -hmm. I guess a couple weeks go by and Cassie and Luke's brother uh, surprise him with a new companion. At this point, Luke's starting to get some, like, some movement in his legs. He still can't walk right now. He's in a wheelchair most of the time, but he can move his legs and he can take a couple steps, which is great. Right. But they surprise him with a new companion, and it's a golden retriever named Peaches. I know. And Luke tries to be annoyed, but ultimately, like, you can't be an asshole at a golden retriever. Like, you just, it's not possible. She literally just takes a leash and goes, 
you can shut up. It's good for you. (laughs) We're keeping her. I mean, I don't know. I guess we get a couple cute scenes, like sweet scenes of them bonding. She helps him undress, which for him was a very vulnerable moment because his leg is Uh very badly mangled and burned. Um, And you can tell he's embarrassed when she sees it, but she's like really kind. She like cradles his head and like kisses the top of it. Like it's... yeah. And then she invites him to sleep in the bed that night. Listen, they sleep face to face under a romantic moon glow. And there's like orchestra strings kind of playing in the background. Like it was mm-hmm. it was all very intentionally romantic and I ate it up. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe two months have gone by since he got back because he's getting he's making progress. Yeah, he's making a lot of progress and everything. He's walking most of the time. But it's always with a cane, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, he's not completely recovered. He probably won't ever be. His time on the surface is done, you know? It's done. I mean, he's still, it's not done, done. He's still, he's still Marine. He's still in the Marine Corps. He hasn't been like medically processed out or anything like that. No, he hasn't. But I don't see him going back to active duty. Dude, some people do, especially like literally there have been guys who have gotten a leg amputated and they get a prosthetic and they keep. They keep going. Are you serious? That's awesome. hundred percent. Yeah. So his injuries, he can recover from them. He could very, very likely just go on and keep, you know what I mean? Keep serving. Damn. For sure. If he wanted to. Well, he's home one night and Cassie's not. And the house phone rings Mm -hmm. and it's Cassie's mom. And she's like, who the fuck are you answering my daughter's phone? Right. Um... But he's like, what's going on? And apparently somebody broke into Cassie's mother's house. Yeah, Cassie's mom sounds very scared and worried. So Luke shows up. So someone broke the back window on a sliding door and came inside. They called the cops. The cops are not there yet. And Luke's like, let me go in and check it out. So Luke goes in to the house and he's checking it out. And he gets a phone call on his cell phone. It's his drug dealer, Bookie, Mm -hmm. the guy who Luke married Cassie to pay off. Right. And, you know, he says, I just watched you introduce yourself to your mother-in-law. I have enough to basically, like, turn your ass in. Yeah, I mean, I guess he hasn't been paying him, which, like, to be fair, Luke has a lot going on. But also, you can't just forget the freaking crazed loan shark you owe money to. (laughs) Yeah, like, forget to pay, like, your electric bill. Don't forget to pay your bookie. Right, like, you can forget to pay, like, Comcast, you know? Like, Comcast is not going to send someone to break your kneecaps that we know of. The next day, Luke is out. He finds his drug dealer bookie. So Luke goes out and he's pretty scary. Like this dude has a cane in one hand and a crowbar in the other. And he like beats up the guy. He beats the shit out of him. He says, if you come after my girl again, I will kill you. The guy pulls out a gun. There's a struggle. Luke Mm -hmm. ends up getting the upper hand. And, you know, he, he ends up knocking the guy down, gets the gun and points it at the guy. And, you know, he tells him, like, I don't want to see you again. Mm hmm. Luke walks away and as he's walking away, he takes the gun apart like he takes and just like tosses it in separate locations. Yeah, because he takes the magazine out and he puts it in his pocket and then he takes the gun apart and tosses it in a dumpster. The bookie was not happy because he went directly 
to... To Luke's command and basically reported him. Well, first he went to Cassie's mom's house. Right. Um, and basically said, Luke owes me money for drugs and blah, blah, blah. Now Cassie's in trouble with her mom. So Cassie uh-huh. comes home to Luke and Cassie is pissed. And she just like rails into him um, metaphorically, not literally. <laughs> I mean, we would love to see it both ways, but okay. <laughs> He tells her that his dad was restoring an old car and Luke stole it and crashed it while he was all high on drugs. This car being totaled is the reason that Luke needed to borrow $15,000 from his bookie. And I'm just like, I don't know. I kind of wanted a more exciting story. (laughs) I did. I wanted a more exciting story, but I mean... So, you know, Cassie tells him she wants nothing to do with him. He's putting him and her mom in danger. That's a red line for Cassie. She's just like, get out of here. I don't want to see you again. So essentially, they've they've broken up. Yeah. And that same night, I guess right after the bookie talked to Cassie's mom, bookie goes to Luke's command. Mm -hmm. Luke's dad calls Cassie. Yeah. And basically says... Hey, Luke's been brought in on charges of fraud. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about this? And Cassie's like, what? No, no. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. Well, yeah, but no. No, no. She says kind of. He's like, is your marriage a fraud? And she says like kind of or like a little bit. And I'm like, that's not that's fair. That's not inaccurate. It is a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Like it started as fraud. It's a little bit fraud. It's a little bit fraud. It's like 30 percent fraud. Like it started fake, but then like real feelings. I don't know. I'm still working through my with my therapist about it, but um, I'm not sure it's fraud anymore. Yeah. It like started out as fraud. Like our intention was to defraud the government. But Mm -hmm. then we were kind of like, hey, maybe this isn't fraud. The government brought us together really the government yeah they hooked us up hooked us up um cassie goes to his hearing he has a hearing a military Mm -hmm. i don't i guess it's called a court martial yeah so he has a like a court martial hearing and they talk about how since cassie's a civilian her case will be turned over to the local police for investigation Mm -hmm. and luke actually stands up he said he tells his attorney he wants to talk mm-hmm. and he tells them that it was all his idea that Cassie knew nothing about it, that she didn't know it was illegal. She didn't know it was illegal. Yeah. You know, if he had just kept his mouth shut, he might have gotten away with it because yeah. I mean, how do you prove that two people are not really in love? No. And also, like, love is different for each person. So companionship, mutual respect, attraction. Cassie and Luke have that. Is that love? It's really it's really hard to prove. So I think if Luke hadn't stood up and confessed, he would have probably gotten away with it. And honestly, the only person who knew it was a f- for sure a sham was Frankie and he's dead. Right. And well, the bookie, because um, L- Luke did tell the bookie. Oh, yeah. Luke did tell him. But the bookie's like, I just have a video of you introducing yourself to your mother-in-law. That could easily be explained. Right, because they got married right before he deployed. So, well, Luke, I would I would say this is probably just him being honorable, right? Like he stands up and he takes responsibility. But also Mm -hmm. he's lying because really it was Cassie's idea. And he's lying and saying she didn't know it was illegal. So, I mean, halfway honorable, right? Because the real honorable thing to do would be like, yeah, she was in on it too. 
<laughs> yeah, it was all her idea. It was technically it was arrest her. her. Like, sir, it was she started it, you know? Yeah. Um, I actually I said no at first. Yeah. I told her it was wrong. She talked me into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then my bookie tried to shoot me, so I my morals changed quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> morals do that for people sometimes. He's found guilty. Because he confessed. That's how it works. You confess, you're found guilty. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be discharged from the military after he spends time in a military jail. And they tell Luke and they tell everybody that um, they will not be turning Cassie's case over to the civilian authorities since Luke said it was all his idea. Yeah. So, I mean, OK, sure. Then it cuts to Cassie opening for the concert. You know, she's on tour with Florence and the Machine. Um, Luke actually receives a Purple Heart because he was injured, you know, mm-hmm. in action. Um, yeah. But there's not like a ceremony for it. He, The only reason he s- knows he got a Purple Heart, it's because it's on his dad's mantle, which I don't know. Like, that's weird to me. I thought there was like a ceremony mm-hmm. for it, but I might be wrong. Um, maybe there is. And maybe just since he's getting discharged, they're like, you could have the Purple Heart, but you don't get the party. You don't get the cake. No cake for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> no wounded in action cake for you, liar. What does the cake say? When your legs don't work like they <laughs> <laughs> sorry about your legs bro get well soon really get well soon everybody else here is on crack don't do crack don't go back to crack yeah so cassie goes from the concert she like rushes out and gets in her car and she is flying through these streets like a bat out of hell um, Luke is waiting at the gate of what I assume is like where the military jail is mm-hmm. to come and be taken into custody to start his sentence. Mm-hmm. His dad and brother are there with him, you know, to see him off, I guess. I feel like his dad's really come around, you know? Well, his dad tells him, his dad hugs him and says, I'm proud of you. I think yeah. his dad just wanted to see his son taking accountability yeah for his irresponsibility which he's doing mm-hmm. cassie rolls up like i think she hits a curb and like parks in the middle of the road bitch you do not do that in a military base like you will get shot at like your wheels would have been blown <laughs> up by now you don't do that but anyways she runs up and she's like luke wait cuz the guy had already come up to like take luke onto like the van you know, basically, she confesses her feelings. She's like, I love you. I'll wait for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Cassie, I'm going away for six months. She's like, yeah, I'll be on tour. It's fine. <laughs> well, well, you know, very conveniently, I'll be on tour for six months. So it just lines up. You'll mm-hmm. be in jail. I'll be having the time of my life. <laughs> we'll meet up after. You'll be in jail for my plan. Oh, my God. Is Cassie the villain? I think she's the villain. I think she's legitimately the villain of the story. Holy shit. But she doesn't mean to be the villain. You know, she's an accidental villain. Whatever. Listen, just because you have diabetes doesn't mean you're not the villain. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. You could be a villain with diabetes. That's fine. I mean, we don't know. Maybe a lot of villains are villains just because they have blood sugar problems. They're just hangry. They're just really angry. (laughs) Uh, and they're really pissed at the pharmaceutical companies because their medicine is so high. And that's why they want to take over the world so that they can like control insulin prices. 
you know what? Um, I would support a villain like that. Hell yeah. We'll be the minions. You know, I really wish villains had to like give us, you know how like presidents and like politicians have to like tell us their platform. I really wish villains also told us their platform. You know what? Courtney, you're onto something here because like you said, if there is a diabetic villain who is fighting for lower drug prices, like I am on your side, my dude. Yeah. Where are we rating? Let's go. <laughs> uh, okay. It cuts to an epilogue. Luke's hair is all grown out because he's not in the military anymore. They're wearing like white on the beach. They're just frolicking in the beach in like aesthetic colors and I hear in my head, I hear the song like, imagine me and you, I do, I think about it day and night, it's only right, <laughs> like, so happy together. together. Well, that makes sense. The problem is this guy is probably having a bowl crack in the morning because he has no job. He's no longer in the military. I would imagine it was a dishonorable discharge. I'm not sure. Or an other than honorable. Right. And he probably has no other job experience because he was a freaking criminal before he joined the Marine Corps. Courtney, do you think they're going to make it as a couple? I think so, because like he can be like the trophy hot husband and she's the hot rock star. But it's more than just him not having a viable career. It's also the fact that I, I guess we didn't really harp on this and it's not really harped on in a movie either, but they have very different ideologies and kind of like views on life. They do, but I don't know. I think that they'll find a way to make it. I think she'll wear on him until he comes to her side. I like it. She'll nag him. She'll nag mm-hmm. him to death. But so there's that. And, you know, I I think they'll make it. I think that they'll have a happy life together. Okay, well, let's hope. Listen, the movie was I. I honestly, I thought it was going to make me feel more. I thought it was going to, the story was going to be more complicated. It was very simple. Nothing other than your own dog being hit by a car while Ed Sheeran plays in the background of that car that hits your dog would make you feel anything. Fair. That's that's fair, actually. That's an accurate representation of my emotional state. Okay, well, I guess this is where we're going to end it. If you're going to spill all that tea right on my face. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, though. More is brewing and on the way. We'll be back next week with a new episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.